As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Stars Matter, a recruiting podcast from The Athletic. I'm Mitch Light. Joined by Ari Wasserman. And Ari, it's Monday night. It's Christmas not Eve. Wednesday. It's not. It's it's almost Christmas Eve, signing day Eve. Mid-Hanukkah. Yeah, mid, well, second out of Hanukkah. Just did presents. Bottom line, two podcasts this week to celebrate the early signing period. By the way, I just want to say my wife got me the most badass gift for Hanukkah tonight. What'd you get? Uh, two, tic- two tickets uh, to Vegas from Dallas. And tickets to the Sebastian Maniscalco stand-up show at the Win in March. Okay. Which I think is the most amazing gift ever because I love stand-up comedy, I love Vegas, and I love my wife. We don't really exchange gifts. We don't need to exchange gifts to show how much we love each other, Ari. You and your wife? Yeah. No, actually, we're, we're not big gift givers. We just give stuff to the kids. and is that, You didn't edit a story for me over the weekend because you said you were on your way to the mall to get gifts. Yeah, for the kids. Oh. So I'm glad I'm glad you uh, you had a good gift. We do one gift a night for yeah, Hanukkah. So, yeah, so do we. Um, all right, I could make some stupid transition about like gifts, like recruiting gifts, but I won't. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so g- we're just going to go around the landscape. A lot of developments since our last show. Um, Ari wrote an interesting story today, basically 10 things to watch or 10 things he's looking for this week on uh, uh, the early signing period. I guess it's three days. Technically, it's Wednesday through Friday, but 95% of the action mm-hmm. happens Wednesday. And, and for those that don't sign early, they have to wait until the February signing period. So I think, I guess the biggest news, Ari, Dante Moore, it's got to be. Yeah, you got to start there, man. Uh, holy crap. Dante right? Moore, little background, five-star quarterback from Detroit, Martin Luther King High, committed to Oregon in the summer. And I'll let you take it from here, Except that he 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 decommitted from a school which is heavily involved in the NIL game and committed to a school which is reportedly heavily not in the NIL game. So that's what makes it fun, intriguing, different, all that. Yeah, he committed to a school that most people think is aren't, aren't even really <laughs> particularly interested in recruiting. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it is funny to me, and I don't want to go into the whole NIL thing because I'm exhausted by it. But yeah. Great. It is funny to me that when the NIL Giants get a guy, it's all about NIL. And then when the NIL Giants lose a guy, it's like, what happened to their NIL? 
It's like I thought that Phil Knight was going to turn this uh, team into the to the New York Yankees, and it turns out that's not necessarily what's happening. But I do think that it's, uh, you know, I think it makes total sense. Uh, if you're going to go to the Pac-12 and on the West Coast, go to a school that's uh, going to be joining the Big Ten shortly after and a high-flying offense and has a chance to play right away because Bo Nix is coming back to Oregon. And I, I don't know exactly what it was that prompted this, but um, Dante Moore was uh, considering UCLA before Nix announced that he was coming back. So this was happening before. Uh, but it's really fun to me. You know, we always talk about the spreading of the wealth and yes. the high end prospects going to new places. But when you talk about a five star quarterback, I don't know if I if my brain is just uh, malfunctioning right now. But when's the last time a five star prospect went at quarterback position went to UCLA, a, a place like UCLA? It's like well, I'll, I'll go back and like look at. Uh, I mean, I guess Nico uh, is going to Tennessee, but the the five star quarterbacks in this class are going to Texas, USC. Tennessee, Oklahoma, UCLA, Clemson, Florida, Kansas State. That's a nice one, too, with with Avery Johnson. Alabama. Those aren't five-star. You're talking top 100. Yeah, top 100 now. Yeah. And that's where it ends. There's only uh, nine top 100 quarterbacks this year. And, uh, you know, we got some some movement. But UCLA getting the number 11 overall player and the number five quarterback and the number one player in the state of California is a nice little get. Or unless uh, a number one player you in Detroit, I'm, get, I'm getting off to a slow start here, but we'll, we'll yeah. you know, what's I think happening we're going to I'm using my work computer and um, I don't have the notifications off and I keep getting dings in my ear and I don't know how to shut this off because it's a new <laughs> computer. So you're, so you're distracted. I, I think it's great. It, nothing against Oregon. You know, we have no, do- we have no dogs in, in these hunts, uh, but I think it's fun when UCLA is good. Uh, it's only the third top 100. This is staggering, Ari. The third top 100 player, I believe, that Chip Kelly has signed at UCLA. Um, mm-hmm. Their first five-star since Jalen Phillips, I believe, in the 2016 class, who was the number one player in the country that year. So I thought three was that's more than I thought it was. Yeah, it's um, DTR. Uh, although DTR committed. DTR wasn't a, four, a five-star, right? No, I said top 100. Oh, top 100. Yeah, DTR committed, I believe, to the previous staff, but he signed him, and then they had an offensive lineman. I forgot his name. Um, so, but this is just fun because we love talking dominoes. Did you see this? How does that, no, Oregon doesn't have a quarterback in its class. Do you know who Oregon's visiting or trying to get for a visit? Did you see that? Your old friend Austin Novosad. Yeah. Who has pledged his allegiance to Baylor twice, you know, committed over the summer, then flirted with – Ohio State and Notre Dame, then recommitted to Baylor. So they're looking uh, to fill a quarterback. Some late-breaking news tonight. Marcel Reed, a kid here from Montgomery Bell Academy in Nashville, decommits from Ole Miss. Not a huge surprise there. Just committed to Texas A&M. That was a Texas A&M-Auburn battle. Um, Hank Brown, another Nashville kid from Lipscomb Academy, played for Trent Trent Dilfer had been committed to Liberty. He decommitted, gets an Auburn offer. So we we talk about this a lot. There's late in the process, schools that don't have a quarterback are scrambling, trying to get one. So do you take do you take a flyer on a kid, or do you in, in Ohio State last week? Um, what's it? Lincoln Kleinholtz, the kid from yep. South Dakota. I'm not sure if that happened before or after we recorded, uh, but he ended up being a you know if you care about rankings and you're Ohio State fan, which you probably do. 
that was a uh, an upgrade because he ended up he went up like seven hundred or six hundred spots in the rankings from the well summer. Ohio State's quarterback situation is completely messed up now because the five star uh, that they lost the number one overall player right. in the country who decommitted uh, Dylan Rayola um, on was it Saturday Saturday uh, morning that isn't an issue for another year because it's a twenty twenty four class but Ohio State altered the way that they viewed the quarterback position in the 2023 class for an entire year while this kid was committed. And, you know, you would think if you looked at their roster that, you know, you have Devin Brown and Kyle McCord, who will probably be the starter next year. And then whoever signs in 2023 will be a freshman and it won't play. And then it was going to be the Dylan Rayola show the following year. Now they, they don't have a top 100 player, um, at the quarterback position this year and next year, they don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Now they'll probably end up signing a high end four star or five star at that position because being uh, a quarterback that has a chance to get to the field early at the Ohio state position is a very attractive situation. Um, but this year, when you think about all the, the quarterbacks that they're a far behind on in 2024 and all the quarterbacks in 2023, that they didn't really try all that hard to get because of roster management, um, that was kind of a and, kick and who the, wouldn't have been inter- not only they didn't pursue them who wouldn't have been interested in Ohio State because they didn't want to be sandwiched in between yeah, five stars. It's like yeah. what if they started recruiting Dante Moore eight months ago? Like you don't know like what would have happened, but that's a Detroit kid in the Midwest that you know might have found that to be an attractive landing spot. You know, and they they didn't really recruit him all that hard. So you know that's a that's a really tough situation. I do think it's really funny, not just Ohio State, but in general that you have uh, more than a year to put yourself in a position to feel good about signing a quarterback at December 19th. And people are scrambling. It's like, what the hell has been going on for the past eight, eight months, nine months, you know? And then it just takes one flip or one quarterback to decommit. Like I feel for Oregon because Oregon had their whole class all, all set up around this guy. And he bolts six sixty five hours before people are going to be signing. And the next thing you know, Oregon doesn't have a quarterback. They're trying to scramble. And then, you know, Baylor scrambling and this team scrambling and that team scrambling. And, you know, that's what kind of makes the chaos of this day really fun. So, yeah, you know, I think that that was a really significant commitment. And the thing that I'm very curious about when it comes to UCLA in general is, you know, what does this mean for the type of talent that they can get in the portal? Um, Cause it might not be this year, but next year people are going to want to play with him. And UCLA to me is one of the three top uh, transfer destinations, at least if I were a transfer, that I think could really make some damage in the portal, especially with a coach with some name recognition. So yeah, very. Yeah, I think that's a really big, big piece of the puzzle for them. No, no doubt. In, in talking about schools to, to kind of feel bad for, I'd put Washington in that mix too. They they went out and they they obviously liked this Kleinholtz guy who's ranked in the eight hundreds. They didn't care. They got him on campus. They got him committed, and he zooms up six hundred spots in the rankings. And in two weeks, Ohio State takes him away. So um, it's just. It's the nature of the beast. It happens. The rich get richer. Um, so here's something that hasn't happened. And the funniest with- thing about that, though, is that this was the quarterback of the future for Washington. Right. And for Ohio State, when they took his commitment, he was probably a guy that was like, hey, you're probably not going to play at all. <laughs> you can come in and try really hard, and maybe in three years you'll have a position uh, if people transfer or get injured or whatever. But this was not – the sales pitch couldn't have been, you're you're our guy of the future. Like – Everything, if there was an Ohio State show, four to six still existed with Bill Landis. Rest in peace to the show and rest in peace to our friendship. Um, <laughs> I, I think that, uh, you know, we would have been talking a lot about how important he was as a piece of the future and the fixture of the future. And now um, that's gone. So that that's, I guess, a, 
a discussion point for a podcast after signing day, but quarterback recruiting is a very delicate balance and people have to get it right or they're going to be scrambling like we were just talking about. Well, maybe Lincoln Kleinholz is, is uh, after a year or two in Columbus will transfer to Washington. Because um, did you see this? Do you remember the name Jeremy Bernard? four-star wide receiver, I think from Las Vegas, who was committed to Washington and then flipped to Michigan State just before signing day last year. Yep. He just transferred to Washington. That's why you keep relationships. And more so than ever, that's why you keep Yeah, well, and the thing, too, is uh, uh, we have to start taking the transfer portal uh, more seriously. Not that we weren't before, but, like, Michigan's class is, is cocky this year. Um, for what they should be doing based on making the playoff last year and beating Ohio State for a second consecutive season. But then they just picked up their fifth portal guy uh, on good. Sunday, and they're yeah. all really good players, like Ladarius Henderson out of ASU, uh, Ernest Hausman from Nebraska, Miles Hinton from Stanford, Josiah Stewart, Coastal Carolina, is an edge rusher that they think could play right away, and the offensive lineman from Stanford, that's two of them, Drake, Drake Nugent. Um, these are instant impact guys that can come in and play. And it's just like, well, how do you properly evaluate Michigan's recruiting class? I mean, you can dog it all you want, but if you've got five uh, proven college commodities that can step in and play, I think that we are like arriving at the point now where um, analyzing rank, recruiting rankings alone is starting to feel like a dinosaur thing to do. So I don't Should know. We stop you, this podcast. No, no, no. I'm just saying like, we have to also take portal stuff into consideration because it's like UCLA just got that uh, um, Schley quarterback from yes. Kent State who was a pretty nice player to watch if you're a gambler on action like I am. <laughs> and now the guy's going to go light it up at UCLA. And now Dante Moore's coming in. It's like now what happens to DJ Uyunglele? And you've got all these things that are kind of flying all over the place. And honestly speaking, like I wish I was a spreadsheet person like you because it's really hard to keep track of who's going where and who's leaving and who's going back to the school that they were going to leave and who's replacing the guy who left. I mean, it's a lot of stuff going on right now. Yeah, no doubt. Have you um, noticed how more on the ball I've been since I stopped the dinging? <laughs> oh, you fi- you figured out how to get rid of it? Yeah, I just muted all of the the conversations that I'm in, and I I'm, I feel like I'm locked in right now. Okay, good, good. So it's maybe the first five or six minutes just struggled a little bit, just rallying. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is this is one thing that hasn't happened yet that people are suggesting rumors or whatever the Caden Proctor flip to Alabama, mm-hmm. which is at a different position, but similar to the Dante Moore. Caden Proctor is the uh, offensive tackle from Southeast Polk High School right outside of, outside of Des Moines, Iowa, who chose the local school or the in-state school, Iowa, over basically anywhere else in the country. He The, the funny thing about it is, and we've talked about this already, the kid committed about 20 minutes after the news broke over the summer that UCLA and I was USC in a were joining... Yeah, joining the Big Ten, we're like, oh, like normally that would have been big news for us. It was like, oh, who cares? Um, so, but stayed true. Watched that offense struggle all season. Stayed true. I visited Oregon a couple of weeks ago. Was in Tuscaloosa this weekend, and there are strong indica- strong indication, rumors, whatever, that he will flip to um, Alabama. So, my question to you: 
most more, what's a more painful flip? Travis Hunter last year from Florida State to Jackson State or Caden Proctor this year from Iowa to Alabama? I have my my opinion on it. I think it's Florida State. I'll go the other way. I'll, I think mm-hmm. Florida State was a one-off where Jack, like he he didn't not he didn't decommit from Florida State because he found something better. He found something different in a unique situation. It wasn't really like a slap in the face to Florida State. Caden Proctor thought he had everything he wanted in Iowa, and he went somewhere else and realized there's something that he thinks is better. So to me. That hurts Iowa more. If I'm, if you're an Iowa fan, to me that hurts more than what happened to Florida State. I think that Iowa's offense has found a way to be Iowa's offense, regardless of the offensive lineman that they have. I think it does hurt from that standpoint because I think Tristan Wirfs, like he wears his high school number, and Wirfs is like one of the best offensive linemen um, that uh, Iowa's ever had, and one of the better offensive linemen of the past 15 years. And um, it's an in-state school, and it's the highest-rated prospect in the history of Iowa football. But like. Also, losing a player to Alabama, if you're Iowa, it's just like, well, that makes sense. Like, it stinks that it happened at the end of the process. It stinks that he had been committed for a long time. But, like, how much can Iowa really bang its head against the wall when you lose a player to Nick Saban at the at the 11th hour? You know, like, I think that it's more of an understandable loss and something that Iowa's done a pretty good job of is developing offensive linemen. So I'm not saying it's not a major loss, but, like, when you think about the Travis Hunter one, the Travis Hunter one was like the signifying of Florida State's return back to prominence. Like if you go back and you remember what happened to Florida State, like after that happened, like the whole like program temporarily fell apart. Like I thought that that was, and like also too, they lost them to an FCS school. Now, you know, Dion primetime, we talked a lot situation. about it. It was a unique yeah. situation. The HBCU pool was certainly a, a worthy cause uh, for Travis Hunter services, but like Travis Hunter, like, was supposed to be the poster child for the return of Seminole football. Like, I don't think that I would go that far for Caden Proctor. I mean, they're both bad, but you know, losing a player at the 11th hour to Nick Saban in Alabama or losing the face of your program at the 11th hour to an FCS school, who isn't going to be at the FCS school next year? Cause Hunter's in the transfer portal now. Right. They both hurt. Maybe we'll go to four state. So I have a, I have a story for you to, to, uh, I yeah, just you're over there slack. smiling. Are you even paying attention to me? Well, yeah, I was, I got a Slack message from Grace Rayner, our colleague. She said, I need to know everything about this player's parents. A young man, a young man named Rowdy Beers just transferred to FIU. Can you uh, do a story on Rowdy Beers? I had some Rowdy Beers in Vegas when in my 20s. I'll tell you that <laughs> yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, added, uh, from Colorado, the old the Colorado to FIU pipeline there. So, if I were good. you, I would also add in if we're talking about painful losses like Rowdy Beers leaving Colorado, what does that mean for Dion? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'll add him to the, I'll add him to the mix. Um, have you seen what your uh, what your guy uh, Kenny Dillingham's doing in the portal? I saw that. What do you think about it, Drew Pine? Yeah, I, I I didn't watch Notre Dame a lot this year. It's not they're not on my, like I'm not a Notre Dame guy. They're on NBC. It's not part of my rotation when I'm flipping around. I don't work with. Well, you're wearing sense. a Yankees hat, so I would think that you're a Notre Dame fan. I grew up in New Jersey. I'm a Jewish kid from New Jersey. I'm not a Notre Dame fan. Um, so like. I got the impression that their offense sucked this year. Like, is Drew Pine a good get? I keep saying, like, oh, good get. Like, is he a good get? You tell me. Well, I mean, he was not part of the plan this year. I don't think. I don't think. Right. That was supposed he only to played be because plan. Tyler Buckner got hurt. Um, but I'm not know, knocking I'm Arizona not, State. I'm not, knocking, I just, I'm not knocking it. What I do think, 
with the portal is that a lot of times players will transfer and you'll think, oh, well, that wasn't really, you know, an inspired get at the time. And then they'll go into a new system and an easier conference or with an easier schedule and be with the right coach who knows how to use them the right way and have a great year. I mean, it's like Michael Penix Jr. was pretty good at Indiana. Like the year that he had at Washington was like, oh, my God. It's like there, healthy too. There, there are certain um, transfers that might not make a ton of uh, headlines when they first happen, and then they turn out to be awesome. So, you know, I don't know. That's not exactly the splash that I thought that Dillingham was going to, you know, make right out of the gate that everybody's going to believe in Arizona State football all of a sudden. Um, but it is interesting to see that, you know, they're trying to open some doors and flip the roster and put them in a more I meant competitive more by the position. sheer numbers. I think it's 13 transfers already. What, so, I mean, that's what you have to do at a place like that. Yeah. So that's it. What's his thing? I to ignite the valley. Is that what they, is that what he's doing? I guess. Is that what it have is? Have you ever ignited the valley? Uh, I don't know how to answer that <laughs> yeah. without getting fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, couple of things. Did you uh, did you read uh, Grayson and Manny's story on Colorado today? I have not yet, no. Okay, you should read it. It's, it's a very interesting story. It's basically there have been 13 kids from Colorado. And we, we've talked about this, but 13 kids who had been committed to Colorado who basically had their scholarships pulled. Grace and Manny talked to several of them, and they basically said on the record that Rick George, athletic director, reached out to us, and after, after – um, um, Carl, Carl Durrell was fired and said your scholarships would be offered, would be honored, all that. Mm-hmm. New coaches come in. They can't get in touch with Rick George. He won't return their calls, all that stuff. So we, we got a statement from Rick George, which was basically he didn't deny anything. Um, so it's just an interesting story. It's just kind of like a look at it in, in three, I think four of the 13 kids have found a new home now, maybe up to five, a couple with Power 5 schools. Uh, so it's just interesting, interesting story, you know, and, and I think we if you make about the commitment to hire Deion Sanders to do it his way, yeah, the first thing you do cannot be honoring old scholarships. So like, I I'm not saying, yeah, yeah that, I, I, that I, I wasn't I, like, it was, sorry, it wasn't a gotcha story. Like that wasn't the yeah. point of the story. It just turned out these kids said this thing on the record and we thought it was best to get a quote from Rick George to let him kind of defend what he did. The only thing I would say, and I, you read the story and then I'd like your opinion, is that Colorado should have been more upfront with the kids after they hired Dion and say, okay, I know I said this, we've, we, we've got a new coach we've got different plans because these kids like they, they they need places to go look like these kids said they would have started looking elsewhere back in November. Sure. They were sold on Colorado. So it's just the, just the more communication, the better. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really hard to not feel bad for people who get stuck in the system. So, and the funniest thing, not funny, but the, the truest thing about it is that this is something that happens regularly all the time at places that don't have roster flips. I mean, I got like a five players who were pushed out of their uh, recruiting classes on the top of my head that were actually pretty prominent prospects. You know, this isn't unique to the three-star prospect who was going to Colorado. This is something that happens all the time in, in the power five level. So, you know, the thing that is uh, going to have to start happening, I guess is, uh, you know, with all the portal stuff and the roster management stuff becoming more and more challenging for coaches, like it's just going to become a more cold blooded world. Like if you need a spot, you're going to get somebody in the portal that you didn't have room for, then what's going to happen? You know, someone's going to get cut. And I'm not talking about just, uh, recruits. I'm talking about current players too. Like when in the NIL era where, where players are, 
you know, bailing on schools to get paid more and to do the things that everybody's upset about. What do you think is going to start happening once the, the, the game becomes more and more cutthroat from the other side? Like, it's just like a balancing scale here. And this isn't to say that I don't feel bad for certain people, but I also understand that that it's part of the game. Um, this is high stakes business, man. You know, it's, it used to be, uh, the, the, the movie Rudy and it's not anymore. And, and the kids uh, on the whole kids have all the power too. They can, Oh, wow. Aaron Rodgers, bad interception. Did you bet on the Rams? I did. Okay, they just picked it off. Um, you know, the kids have all the power, too. Obviously, these kids that were committed to Colorado, it sounds like they wanted to stay committed, but they, the day before signing day, if they got a better offer, they could have also bolted, too, and, and we see that happening a lot. Um, as we kind of suspected, Dylan Edwards looks like he's going to be the the kind of the cream of the crop of the flips for for, mm-hmm. for Dion. You know, he's been getting some commitments. He got one from the, the, uh, the three-star uh, offensive lineman was offensive yeah, offensive lineman jordan hall is that his name from yeah, columbus he's the louis yeah yeah just got uh commitment from uh, a wide receiver from from nashville or maybe murfreesboro tennessee jacob page a three-star kid ranked 914 nationally so th- it's not like he's coming in this year and just stealing everyone's four and five stars um, there might be a there might be a surprise on signing day but this class isn't gonna vault up the rankings yeah it's, it's, we're, it's we'll not gonna see finish number does. four in two weeks right we'll see what he does next year i know he's got a 2025 commitment i think already. what he's gonna do is the portal i think that's where he's gonna really make his impact um because he's going to have to flip that roster quickly if they want to hit their five and a half over under win totals for next year. Um, but we'll really uh, dive into, you know, Deion Sanders and uh, how to grade him when he hits a first full class under his belt. And it's like if he would have been able to get five or six top 100 players in a three week period to Colorado without having the relationships. That would have been one of the most uh, right impressive short term recruiting s- situations I've ever seen. So. You know, maybe he's just not Superman yet, and uh, we'll see how it turns out. Yeah, so um, I'm going to run through your story today, 10 things do it. You, you're looking for, and we can touch on, spend as much or little time as you want. We've already we've already touched on Dion, how Colorado's going to finish this class. Will five-star Peyton Bowen stick with Notre Dame? And, and basically, you made a good point that no matter what happens, this is going to be a really good class for Marcus Freeman in his first full cycle, but will it have that five-star power that it looked like it was going to have, and it might not? Yeah, I mean, if you go back and look at where they're ranked right now, I think that they have a pretty high... They're behind LSU, as you know. When I did, yeah. It was <laughs> funny because, you know, Brian Kelly bolted from LSU to, you know, go to... Or bolted from Notre Dame to go to LSU because the thought process was that they'd be able to sign national championship caliber classes at LSU easier than they would at Notre Dame. And right now, uh, was the first, was a, a day ago or two days ago, LSU finally jumped over Notre Dame after being behind them the entire time. But there was an interesting note about that. Notre Dame ranks number six nationally, has 26 commitments, uh, one five-star prospect who they're fighting desperately to keep in the class, 21 four-stars, and the average uh, player ranking for that class is 92.32. One spot ahead is LSU with 25 commitments, one five-star, 18 four-stars, and an average player ranking of 92.15. So Notre Dame actually has a better average player rating. Now, it's probably not going to end that way because Desmond Ricks is uh, leaning towards LSU and um, five-star a five-star corner. cornerback from IMG who reclassified to the 2023 class. And Notre Dame is trying everything they can uh, by gripping it as hard as they can to, to hold on to Peyton Bowen. So um, there's some speculation about what potential NIL deals he might be receiving from Oklahoma or the other programs that he's been you know, flirting with. But 
you know, they had Keon Keeley in that class too, and he flipped. I just like to think like if Notre Dame was ever able to hold on to Bowen and Keeley, they might have a top four or three class right now, two top five prospects, and you know, six or seven top one hundred players. I mean, that's a really, really good class for them. So um first full class for Marcus Freeman certainly gets a passing grade, but if they lose Bowen, that's going to be a real kick in the knackers. <laughs> knackers. Yeah. And that's been the uh, no, the Notre Dame. Notre Dame's always had talent. It's do they have the elite talent to win those two Right, I think games. an elite, like, where do you cut yours off for elite talent? Like, I cut it off in the top 100. Like, if you top have top 100, 100 That's guys, what I learned from you, Ari. That's yeah. What I, top 100. That's what I... Like, five-star prospects are fun headlines, and I think that a top 30 prospect still is a cut above a top 75 prospect because um, the difference between 30 and 75, I think, is pretty stark. But the players that are actually going to be winning you championships, because you're only going to get four or five in a cycle if you're recruiting at the highest possible level, five stars, that is. Um, But you might be signing five or ten top 100 players if you're really recruiting at a high level. And when you look across the board, it's not always the five-star prospects that are being the the most productive. So keeping you up late. um, I've had a long few days. Britt's sick and uh, taking care of her. Mr. Mom. I've been Mr. Mom and have you seen the movie Mr. Mom or is that way too old? Like, uh, way I've, too I've seen it in a video store, but I've never watched it. Okay, that was big when I was a kid. Um, you know, but like if you're a, a program that is recruiting at that level, top 100, I mean, I think you could even extend it out to top 150, maybe even top 200. But if you have a top 100 heavy class and you're in a position to do something good, and I think Notre Dame has uh, right now, they have uh, five. Um, and then they have eight top 150 players. So, yeah, it's a, so maybe it's a really I shortchanged it. There, there are yeah. some, you know, the, the top end of that class is very good. And as you mentioned, the, the average player rating, which we always say is the most important number to look at, if it's better than LSU, that's that's impressive. So the it's, next two it's ones. It's slightly better than LSU, yeah. but it's also better than Miami, yeah. who ranks number three. And it's very close to to Texas, who's number four. So, like, it's it's very much a top five class. So answer these next two you wrote this last night before some development. So number three was, can Iowa hold on to five-star tackle Caden Proctor? I think the answer to that question is going to be no, pal. Okay. Well, the, uh, no, that's not your story. I clicked on someone else's story that I'm editing for tomorrow. Um, it yeah, a lot of tabs. Can UCLA flip five-star quarterback Dante Moore? Yes. Okay, good I'm answer. smart. Yeah. I got that one right. Can Ohio State close strong? Uh, I don't know. That's your answer. They're going after a defensive end, Joshua Mickens, out of Indianapolis. They're going after Mateo Uyunglele. I didn't know Mickens. I didn't know they're still in the mix for Mickens. Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, but they, uh, I don't think he's announcing his decision till the till January. So he, uh, we're not going to know in the next two days. That's an LSU commit, not, former yes. LSU commit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I saw there was a. Uh, prediction for USC in favor of Mateo Uyengala. Yeah, that's what I'm editing Antonio Morales' story before and after this podcast. And as he noted, it seemed to be a lot of Ohio State momentum recently now looks to be some... Ohio State's got no juice right now. Yeah. If if they strike out on all these edge rushers and it looks like Damon Wilson's going to Georgia and Peyton Bowen's obviously already committed to Alabama, it's... uh, it's going to be some unhappy people in Columbus. Yeah, I mean, they're going to lose Jack Sawyer and JT Tuimaloa after next year, and they don't have any elite-level edge rushers to replace them. That's tough. Well, is Jack Sawyer shown enough to be a surefire Buddy, NFL just, player? You'll see. Okay. 
let's 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 save this clip. I, I hope you're right. I just yeah, I no, it's a. Uh, and it doesn't take much at Ohio State to go from. Eh, I don't know if he's got enough experience to holy shit. Well, it's a JT did that in, the, in mid you know mid season. Yeah, it's like JT Tui Pumla was a question mark two months ago, and now he's the best defensive end in college football. Yeah, but like it happens really quickly. And I don't know if maybe Jack Sawyer won't. If he does, if Jack Sawyer doesn't leave for the NFL for next year, then I would say that his career was a disappointment. What if, I think a, the, what if I think he has the, a great senior year and goes to the first round pick? Then it's not a disappointment. Yeah, it doesn't really happen very often. Yeah. We'll see. Um, if you're not a first round pick by the end of your junior year, then usually it doesn't happen in your senior year. I'd like to look that up. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'd like to I look just that up. in the ten years I covered that team, I think I can think of three people. Okay, well you're talking just Ohio State. Um, yeah, I mean there are senior p- players that were first round picks, but it would be interesting if you went through the first round of the last five draft picks, what percentage of seniors there were. I bet you it would be less than ten percent. All right, here's another one. What happens with Louisville, which is a Definitely. Yeah, one. yeah, did, yeah, yeah. DeAndre did I see a, a DeAndre Moore crystal ball or something to yeah to, to Texas to Texas? Yeah, um, not great, Bob. It is interesting because it's like if you're L, if you're Louisville, don't you kind of just be like, okay, well, uh, we lost some recruits, but we got the head coach we've been clamoring to hire for the past five years. Oh yeah, I, I think a, like it's a it's a nice trade off for them. I think I think every Louisville fan would be fine with. Basically losing all these kids and signing a class that ranked thirty seventh, and if they got Jeff Brom, I think that's a trade off. So? Yeah, yeah. Good. It, coach. Is que- it is a question of like, how many top one hundred players would you would it take for you to not want get the coach that you want? Well, that's a special case because he's he is the uh, you know favorite son there. How bad does it suck if you're a Purdue fan? Like Jeff's, I mean Scott Satterfield. If Scott Satterfield a didn't suck and wasn't on the hot seat, and then they get, then he got good enough where it looked like he was going to keep his job, but then got kind of good enough that Cincinnati took him away. Like if you're if you're a Purdue fan, you're always worried about Jeff Brom leaving for Louisville. You dodged the bullet a couple of years ago when he didn't go, and then you think, okay, they hired another coach. I'm good for at least five years. Didn't make it three years. Yeah, it's college football for you. Yeah, this is. I mean, maybe I just feel bad for like a Purdue, Iowa, Florida State. All I just think that you feel bad for teams that aren't very good that were black and gold. <laughs> no comment. There's a, there's a few uh, <laughs> a few of them that kind of come to mind uh, when yeah. I think about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So Louisville is. Um, you know, we'll, I mean, we'll see, see if the DeAndre Moore, but it's like, will the rest of the class stay together too? You know. Right. Right. Clarkson's still committed, right? Yep. Pierce Clarkson. So okay. We talked Brian Kelly at LSU already. Uh, what's Texas A&M's class going to look like? They, as I mentioned, this doesn't really move the needle that much for a program like Texas A&M. But four-star quarterback Marcel Reed from Nashville just committed. Um, so that's top three hundred player. Yeah. So yeah, top three hundred player. But as you noted in your story, their their average player rating, I believe, is what fourth. Yeah, but they only had thirteen commitments, right? So if you yes. only have thirteen commitments, it's a lot easier to have a higher average player sure. rating. Yeah. So you know, I don't know how many. I think it's supposed to be a smaller class anyway. Might not get to twenty, but um, you know, if they can get some some big pieces, uh, you know, headed into the early signing period and keep some of those guys in the mix that were in the twenty twenty three class, then maybe you can salvage something there. Like I don't know, like where you're at with the Texas A and M thing. Like, do you think that all is lost? No, but I'm not as much of a, like, is, is fatalist the right word? Yeah. Like, I do, I used to do a lot more radio interviews than I do now because when I was at Athlon, but 
people would always ask me, is this coach on the hot seat? And I was like, no, I think he's going to another year. And like, it always be wrong. Like coaches always get fired sooner than I would expect. And so yeah. I'm just kind of an optimist by nature. So I just think like they still, they still have a lot going for them. I would, I would say, I if, do. I've noticed if that they don't, you. if they don't revamp their offense, if he doesn't give up play calling duties, then I'm going to change my tune. But I still, I would not say all is lost. Whenever I talk to you about certain things, that are like kind of controversial. I always feel like you're the the like voice of overly reasonable. That's my in nature. A, but in a sport where things aren't reasonable at all, you know. Right. Uh. But yeah, it is your nature to always be even, Stephen, isn't it? Yeah, I try um, to be. I try to be. Try and be an optimist. Um. I can I well. I, I don't know when the, the pod's not pod's coming out tomorrow. I want to, can I, can I tease your column that's coming Wednesday? Sure, morning? It's yeah. not really a recruiting it'll, column, although it'll be open. It'll be to, open uh, on yeah. the internet once this is out there. So yeah. So Tuesday morning, Ari's written a fascinating column. I, I always find the psychology of a fan to be just a very interesting thing. Just what it's like. And I'll give you an example. I'm on text threads with friends, venerable friends and stuff. Venerable can be playing a basketball game. And if I look at my phone and there's, 30 messages, I could tell you the score. If there's no messages, they're winning. If there's 30 messages, they're losing. And it's nothing to do with being a Vanderbilt fan. It's just being a fan. Like people like to complain more than they do about like being excited when their team does well. So Ari and I talk about Ohio State because it's a program that I work with, uh, with our writer Cam. And and, 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 and I'm biased. And Ari covered it for, and obviously knows a lot about what it's like to be in Ohio State in that environment. And I kind of positioned to him, it's kind of tough being an Ohio State fan because, sure, the team's awesome, but they win every game by 30 points in the league. And if they don't, it's a nightmare. They play Michigan once a year. If they win, it's a relief. If they lose, it's absolute misery. Um they don't play many just exciting, like, um, like turn that game on. It's the whole nation's watching back and forth that aren't Michigan. Maybe, you know, the Penn State games have been realistic. So I was just like, for a team that just a program from the outside that seems like it has so much going for it, it can be hard to be a fan of that team. And Ari took a really creative approach to the story. I'm interested to see what the comments are, but I really enjoyed the story and thought you did a great job with it. I have no idea what the response is going to be to it. I really don't. Like, did you think I was harsh? No, because I thought what I, what made me think of it when you called me an optimist is because there's different ways of looking at everything. And Ari was just like, basically, your view of Ohio State football will like tell us a lot about what kind of person you are. Either you think they're awesome and it's fun being a fan because they win 95% of their games, or if you're the type of person that's like, this sucks, we lose the big games and we've only won one national title in the past X, you know, 20 years when we have all this talent. It's just your perspective on things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and like, it's it's not a recruiting column, but it's recruiting oriented because right now, if you were to poll the average Ohio State fan, or at least the average Ohio State fan that we come across on Twitter and in comment sections, they're like complaining about losing Damon Wilson to Georgia and uh, Dylan Rayola's decommitment and NIL and all these things. And it's like, your team is two weeks away from playing in a playoff game. And it's like, that's like discussion point number 20. <laughs> on all the things that people are talking about right now. It's like, if you can't even appreciate the fact that you're only one of four teams that's left to win a national championship in a given year, then what do you get enjoyment out of? Because recruiting wins have been very normal for them. And, you know, wins in general have been very normal for them, but they're at the point now where they're desensitized to signing top three classes and beating conference rivals by 30 because it's boring. 
And the only thing that you can get joy from is winning a playoff game. It's like, well, that's happened, what, one time in the last eight years? And if you think about that, uh, over the course of almost a decade, it's just a tough, like, people are going to roll their eyes. Like, not Ohio State fans are going to read this and go, oh, yeah, I feel real bad for Ohio <laughs> right. State. Like, you're, I'm just going to be a lot of that. But if you are a fatalist Ohio State fan, which, you know, a, lo- a, a loud majority of them are, what's enjoyable about rooting for them? What did you say about beating Rutgers? Yeah, it doesn't release so much dopamine when you beat <laughs> Rutgers. It doesn't. But honestly, Mitch, if Ohio State plays Michigan State and they beat them by 30, it's like, oh, okay. That's what was supposed to happen. Or if they play Michigan State and they beat them by 14, it's like, our offensive line sucks. They're not going to be good. Uh, CJ Stroud can't run. Like It's like all these things, and it's just like, what do you enjoy? I enjoy talking to you, Ari. Yeah. So it, I don't know. I hope that the point of it lands. So I feel like sometimes I write columns and it like the how we're talking about it isn't the way people digest it. So I'm 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 cautiously optimistic for Tuesday morning. But if not, then I, I'll use you as a bodyguard. Yeah. Hey, in this case, you can because it was my idea. Most 90, yeah. Most of your columns are your right idea. Right when it goes up, will you just write? Don't get mad at him. I told him to write this. No, I suggested it, and you embraced it, and uh, yeah, took took a creative. So. Uh, that was a little sidebar there. The last item was who's going to win the recruiting crown, and this could be a shocking development, Ari, but fill us in. Uh, it looks like Alabama's going to win the recruiting <laughs> crown. How much yeah. time do you want to spend on this? Uh, like, I feel bad 13 for jo- seconds. I feel, I feel bad for Georgia and Ohio State fans because I don't know if you've seen this in the comments section a lot of this podcast, but people get, like, mad. They're like, well, why don't you ever talk about Alabama or Georgia? And it's just, like, <laughs> kind of the same thing of, of Ohio State even, but they, they're just, like, immune to bad to bad things happening. It's like Alabama's going to fetch with seven, five star prospects this year. Is that like worth talking about? I mean, I guess so. Like, you know, every time Nick Saban has a bad year or they miss the playoff, which is very rarely, this is only the second time in his entire coaching career or since the playoff started that he's missed it. People always like to talk about, is this the demise of the Saban era or the Saban dynasty? And it's like, well, you know, I think they're the only team in the country that has more than five star or five five star prospects committed right now, and it could be seven by the time this is over. Or they've got three now. Texas has four, um, but it will be five short shortly There's because a pair of defensive linemen from uh, teammates from Alabama who are Carver probably, High School in Montgomery, I believe. Uh, the, Quay Rousseau, if that's how you pronounce it, and James Smith. Auburn's in the mix. That well, that's shock. one thing that that is interesting is there have been a lot of players. Uh, one of Ohio State's defensive backs too, I think, took a, a visit or so, a few visits to Auburn. Kyan Lee. Um, yeah, it'll be very interesting if like there will be a freeze effect because like Auburn was so that. down for so long that you know in the recruiting game they were just kind of weren't even active, and it's like now how much ground can he make up in three weeks? Yeah, so that's something to watch for. Um, uncommitted five stars, the 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 highest ranked uncommitted player number thirteen. The top twelve guys are committed now. Uh, Damon Wilson, Edge from Venice, Florida. We think it's Georgia. Number 16. Here's a guy that we don't talk about a lot, but just reading scouting reports, sounds like he's just going to be an absolute freak. Is Nicholas Harbor, the athlete oh, yeah. from uh, D.C. Is he going to Maryland? Uh, uh, spends a lot of time in Maryland, evidently. South Carolina's been in the mix. Michigan's been in the mix. So he is, you know, again, we're not scouts. We're not the. We're not breaking down the film, but just from what I've read about him, he's one of those guys, like, I'd, just, I'd be shocked if he's not really good. Um, yeah. Here's another one that I just I love big athletic tight ends and number seventeen Deuce Robinson. Oh boy, I'm excited about that one. Tight end from Arizona, USC, Georgia, or Texas. Also a, a top baseball player. Looks like he's not signing until February. 
Uh, then James Smith and, and Rousseau, the the uh, the defensive lineman from from Montgomery, Desmond Ricks. You mentioned him earlier. He reclassified number twenty three from IMG Academy. What looks like an LSU Florida battle with LSU in the in the lead there. Yep. And then Mateo Uyunglele, um, edge rusher, Ohio State, USC, Oregon. One thing you have to get out in the bat in the habit. You, you we we're not referring to them as defensive ends anymore, Ari. They're edge rushers. We can refer to them however we want, just because twenty four seven doesn't. Okay, uh, but we use the composite. They do a great job. So I've been I've been staying yeah, true do. to their position. I, I do think that's been a positive. I like how there's just one quarterback ranking now. There's not drop back and dual threat, and that's the best one because kind of, dual threat was racist, to be honest. And it just wasn't always accurate either. A lot of the, you know because just, people were just assuming right. who was a dual threat and who wasn't. I remember when, yeah. when C.J. Stroud committed to Ohio State, and everyone was just like, God, he's going to run all over everybody. It's like, have you watched him play for even five seconds? And now, ironically enough, that's the number one gripe that everyone has about his game. So, uh, right. you know, it's uh, you got to be uh, – I, I think you have to be kind of a dual threat in college football to be really, really good. Yes. Um, now, that anyway. Is, that is my one it, – it is very, very different. You have to be great and great all around your, play, your quarterback – to be a just a, a drop back guy. Um, yep. You, you know, I think Stetson Bennett's a great and example. I think there's a he huge is, difference between being a great college quarterback and a great NFL prospect. Yes, I think Stetson Bennett's a great example. I mean, he is a he's he can throw the ball. He's great, obviously, but his ability to just to, that that element just makes him so much better. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks like that. And now he's on the verge uh, of winning two national championships in a row. It seems. Yeah, and I don't even know if he's is he an NFL guy. No, I don't think he don't is. Don't you think right? he would have yeah. been? This is his sixth year of college. Don't you think he would have left after his fifth year if he was considered an NFL guy? Now he might make a roster. He's you know smart, smart guy. Like I guess you call him a winner if he wins two national titles. So um, I'm going to be at the Peach Bowl. I'm excited. Did I tell you that? I thought you were coming to Phoenix. Well, I was. If if Ohio State went to Phoenix, oh. I was going to go to Phoenix maybe, and especially if it was looking like Ohio State Tennessee. So you're going to the. Uh, Fiesta. Uh, Fiesta Bowl, right? Yeah, which is where yeah. I thought you were going. Yeah. Well, I would have told you by now if I was going there. It's in a yeah, couple of weeks. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. Um, all right, a little trivia. I scra- sure. I wasn't going to do trivia today because this was a also, special edition. I think edition. It's, it's an important for everybody to know, too, that you know we kind of did a, a broad strokes of what to expect on Wednesday. And you know we'll have stories and news breaking and all that stuff on the website. But we're also going to have a big... Uh, signing day wrap episode with Andy Staples on Wednesday night that I think we're probably going to do live. Are you prepared for that? Oh, live. Can you do it? I, I can do it. I'm just so I'm I did. I went on the Big Ten Network today. Oh, how'd that go? I forgot. Dude, I can't believe it. it was so funny because like if you came to my house, like the office that I'm in right now is right by the front door. It's like you walk into the house, the office is to the left and then into the house is the living room, kitchen and our bedroom back there. And Britt hired some interior designer to come feng shui our living room or to make it look nice. So it looks like a, uh, a hotel lobby. And this woman has the key to or the code to our front door because she just drops in and brings new pieces and designs. What I, I don't know what it's 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 Britt's thing. I'm sure this is cheap. And I'm having, a, I'm having a I'm having a online hit. I'm sitting right here and I'm talking to Dave Repson of the uh, Big Tech Network. <laughs> And all of a sudden, I hear, and, and the door opens. And I'm like, what the? F-? 
like who the, you're getting robbed I'm shitting my i shit my pants it's like who's coming into my house because i had no idea that this person was coming and i'm like doing an interview about just go watch the thing Live. i bet you i like honestly i think for th- at least 15 seconds i blacked out on tv today <laughs> so you know it happens to the best of us and uh you know that uh yeah you always have to know when the interior designer is coming over that's the the lesson i've learned but have, you'll have be you done live tv other than that ever done yes. live tv yes quite a bit in ohio yeah, I did a Sunday night like sports show here in Nashville, and you get used to it. It's there is stru- something uh, stressful about it um, yeah. for some reason, even though it's the same exact thing as doing it the way that we're doing it. But you know, the good thing about the Andy Staples Show friend uh, and friends feed is that we try not to take ourselves too seriously. We uh, want to be that's a, clear, by the way. We want to be a, a, a <laughs> show of the people, and you know, have intellectual and in depth conversations about things that people care about, but also not you know have to act like we're the, the chief rabbi of college football. I just like, you know, or just it's, it's an entertainment business. The games are entertaining your fans. Cause it's entertaining and we want to be entertaining. That's, that's the point of it. So speaking of that, let's, let's hear your, ba- your brain buster trivia question. Yeah. For the bonus so episode. this was not one that I spent a ton of time on because I wasn't going to do one at first. Cause there's two pods this week, but I could not do trivia. How many teams currently emphasis on currently have a commitment from a top 50 player? Oh boy. We need trivia music, like well background music. That's uh that's a good trivia question for what we're talking about. Why'd you stop at, at fifty? Because and, and not a hundred, because it was easier and Because we always we always talk about a hundred, so I just broke it off at fifty. And it didn't take as long. Seventeen. Holy shit. Did I get it? Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. And Iowa is on that mix because they currently have a commitment from Caden Proctor. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm gifted. What can I say? <laughs> you're special. I'm actually getting much better at these if you yeah, haven't noticed. Because you pay attention. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alabama, Clemson, Florida State, Georgia, Iowa, LSU, Miami, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Oregon, Penn State, Tennessee, Texas, Texas A&M, and UCLA. Proud of you, man. Are you one of those northerners that, even though you're from Arizona, that call Ole Miss Old Miss? I've never called them Old Miss before. Okay. You've noticed people do that, though. It's like they can't help themselves. One time somebody said that Ole Miss is racist, though, in my comments on my story, so I, I'm afraid to say it now. That's what the university calls itself. I know. I don't know why he said that. I mean, that, I think – I don't want to get into it. Yeah, <laughs> if yeah, the no, university just, like, calls itself that, I think we can call it that. Okay. We will. Yeah. So, um, all right. Good show. Pretty Party, good show. Yeah. You struggled early. I, I struggled made, early, but I rallied. I, um, I wasn't – I wasn't on my game early because I was reading off of notes that I thought I said I thought we talked about that last week. It took me about five minutes to realize that it was last week's show prep. So we we both struggled. We're out of our element. It's Monday night. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're not we're not used to it. But I think that was a good. Uh, is it primer or primer? Primer, maybe primer. If it's you're good. like, fancy. it was a good primer for for the day. And you know, we'll be in touch. And I'll be on Andy Staples show with Grace Rayner on Tuesday, talking more about recruiting. So oh, fun. Um, we are we're really going to get it in and. I'm excited to see uh, how it all plans out. And I think that we thrive really on, on analyzing what happens after the fact. So, you know, being able to kind of have a front row seat into uh, the comings and goings of Wednesday and then being able to see the classes in, in almost their entirety and then breaking those down will be a fun little trip. So yep, uh, looking forward to it, Mitch. And, and thanks for doing the bonus episode with me and yep. uh, everyone for listening. Uh, that was Stars Matter. We'll catch you in two days. Yeah.